Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 113. You know what would have been cool, actually? We should have skipped the 13, sort of like a, like a paranoid like, like a, a like sometimes like a, yeah. yeah. Should, yep, yep. should we just skip it? Should we call this one 114 instead? No, for sure not, because we didn't skip original 13. You know, that'd yeah, be we weird then, back. right? We could go back in the uh, backlog, switch it up. Delete it? Re- re- yeah, re- redo the art for the the following 100 episodes. <laughs> sounds like a, yeah, a, sounds use, like a good use of time. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, sure. Cool. Well, I'm glad we got that settled. And then now on to our episode, which was with uh, Mr. Derek Friday of Findustry. It's his uh, design brand slash studio identity uh he's an environmental designer um which we didn't dig too much into that side of things but we did dig a lot into uh on the topic of intersections we dug a lot more into his career and i think uh the way he he uh he does projects he executes things yeah we we dug into his particularly interesting combination of skills which is something that comes up when we talk about intersections uh we talked about the moments in his career which were defining and pivotal uh where he could have gone one way but went a different way and those are certainly intersections and we talked about passions and and how it's a combination of passions that really drive us as artists uh not one single-minded focus Uh, so it ended up being a really interesting conversation about someone who does really interesting work no doubt. Shouts out to Mr. Friday for his uh, his generosity, his time. And uh, shouts out to Death to Stock, uh, our sponsor of today's episode. you probably heard me talk about it before, but I'm a big fan of Death to Stock. It's a project I work on quite a bit, and uh, we like to call ourselves a creative and inspiration haven for folks. Uh, maybe we'll uh, show notes. Maybe we'll show notes the video we put up uh, this week. It was, uh, you know, election week, a pretty intense week and uh we've got a nice 30 second uh clip of big sir some calming waves to help you breathe that sounds pretty pivotal sounds yeah. pretty instrumental right yeah. now <laughs> yeah man we'll uh, we'll show us that so yeah thank you to death the stock and uh and to the whole community over there i mean this week you know again mentioned it was kind of a tough week but i feel like uh, that community gave me a lot of hope a lot of really inspiring creative folks are interacting with us on on instagram on twitter and uh and of course using using our product absolutely um thank you to death stock and thank you to all the creative communities that give us a safe haven of positivity and introspection uh, when we need it uh, and thank you in that vein to derek friday for joining us for a very insightful and interesting conversation and thank you listeners who are part of our community for tuning in this week and every week hopefully you enjoy episode 113 intersections And I'm so glad, uh, as you put the ball on the, that tee, that you hit that one off, because that would have been a, a real bummer if you had no idea what that was. <laughs> Vinny, 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 Vinny. What is it? Is it Vinny, Vinny, Vici? What's that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Vinny, Vinny, Vici. I came, I saw it conquered. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Wow. That's kind of cool, man. 
Have you thought about like incorporating that into your personal brand at all? Uh, so I, I don't, I'm not sure that I want to invoke the thought of Alexander the Great conquesting across uh, the Mesopotamian plain, slaying all kings who still stood opposed to him, but uh, mm. I could. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's something there, and I'm just going to let you have that one. Uh, I'm going to waive my creative consultancy fee, because uh, you're a friend, <laughs> and, a, and a dear one at that. Perhaps then, Vince. Hey, and you are a dear friend to me. Wow, what a treat. Uh, perhaps you could answer a question. Uh, I've had this question burning a hole in my pocket. I've, been, I've had it on a piece of paper. I've been walking around uh, since our last episode, just waiting to take it out and ask it. And so I'm going to do that right now, if that's all right with you. There we go. Yeah, let's see it. I'm excited. I think I know what it might be, but I'm not 100%. Can you hear that paper? Lovely. Vince. Ooh, now there's an audio gag. Typically we, we stick to the visual yeah, gags. Yeah, on yeah. This well, we, we like to do this in post. But, uh, this one was, was in camera. That was a real practical effect. Uh, or I, on mic, I should say. Vince, could you tell me what are you working on? What are you putting your time into? Well, things are uh, busy, busy, busy at Yamamoto, which is the excellent agency that I work for. We are back to work for XL Energy planning for 2017 Creative, which I'm very excited about, but it's a lot of work, keeping me super busy. Besides that, I've actually uh, not been all that productive this week, granted. Yep, but, I mean. Uh, I've, uh, <laughs> I've thrown myself into smaller projects. Today, I was working on a fantasy football newsletter that I write for, oh for my agency. I honestly would love to read that. I would really love <laughs> I'll to forward it to you. Please, I'll, please, I'll send it along, please. I do it every week. Maybe we'll show notes it. Probably not, but I do want to read it. All right. It's a lot of fun to write. Oh, it's kind of mindless. Lovely. Grant, uh, so that's what's keeping me preoccupied. Uh, what about you? You're in you're in L.A. right now, yes. right? Yes, I'm a Los Angeles boy now. Um, what so are you uh, working on? I'm posted up out here, and I'm actually in post on, uh, I think I mentioned it last time, that Ghostly Ferns video. So we shot that uh, last week, and now I am uh, in the edit. I'm editing this one as well. Um, that's a big focus right now, really trying to get that out the door. And then, you know, death to stock stuff. Planning for a uh, good old 2017. And uh, I guess besides that, just some mental health, you know, it's a pretty intense week. Uh, mm, you know, yeah. not, not a particularly uh, political show, but I feel like our general politics would be easy to... Uh, ascertain just by the content of the show and a tough week pretty tough week but we're doing tough all week right. we're and doing uh, all right, man i'm doing some a yeah. lot of yoga a lot of yoga this week honestly more, more yoga than i've ever done in a week i think <laughs> uh, i mean that's healthier than uh than beer and video games which has been what i've been doing whatever gets you through my friend but i should <laughs> say the show the show is something uh to look forward to and and something to Hopefully, lift uh, lift us up and shine a light on us, and uh, maybe we can high five and feel okay for just a moment. I I think one hour of respite is in in order for sure. Absolutely, and today, what what a treat we are! We haven't had an episode like this in a long time. We are all in different locations, and we are spread out across the states, or at least the Midwest to Western states. Uh, our guest today. Uh, comes to us from Boulder, Colorado, I believe. Beautiful, beautiful city, beautiful state. Love that city. Oh, good times, man. 
And uh, that guest is Mr. Derek Friday. He is a environmental graphic designer. Uh, maybe he'll correct me on that. You're correct. Boom. Nailed it. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure. You know, semantics can be important, especially with titles. People can get a little hung up on them. Man, Vinny, I did the honors of the first question. Do you maybe want to do some honors on question two? I would love to parlay those honors into asking Mr. Derek Friday. First of all, thank you for joining the show. Excited to talk to you. What have you been putting your time into recently? What are you working on? Well, first of all, you guys, thank you so much for having me. I, I think I kind of raised my hand and you, you, you called me, so I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, environmental graphic design is a tough title to sometimes explain, but I'm sure we'll get we'll get to it. Um, but what am I working on? Um, yeah, I mean, I've too kind of had a little bit of a slower week uh, for obvious reasons. I kind of gave myself a couple of days of calm reflection and... Cool kind of try to get my head back on, but um, I have steady work with um, my sort of full-time freelance client in Hamburg, uh, Germany. So I'm working on some retail um, retail projects. They develop um, shopping projects in Europe and um, I'm doing, just wrapping up a couple identity projects. I'm working for a local beer brand here, the Boulder Beer Company. Um, and I'm also- yeah, it's a nice project. And then I'm collaborating with a good friend of mine who has an agency on the East Coast, and we're working with um, the Under Armour Sagmore brand doing a boutique hotel and a whiskey distillery doing signage and graphics. So that's really cool. And then um, I'm sort of always in a state of, uh, of training for some race or some event. Um, so that takes up uh, a little bit of my time. I mean, a lot, actually, but I just kind of managed to get it all done so Sweet, man. that's sort of that's sort of what i'm working on and then passion projects i'm always kind of digging into those and just self-promotion and learning as much as i can about other people's work and figuring out how to collaborate with other people and just get to know the industry more than i, I know it now love it man i i like that you're embodying that uh that no well perhaps not nomad lifestyle but the uh the uh, opportunity to work with people all around the world especially as a designer with a computer you know it's like pretty amazing um so it's cool it sounds like you got your your hands in some cool projects spanning the globe yeah i do um and i feel i feel lucky but i mean and hopefully we'll get into it but the the sort of the most important thing to me especially as i've you know gotten my ten thousand dollars and let's um is that I appreciate so much working with other people on basically everything. Yeah. I mean, I've been on my own here for years, but every chance I get to work with other people, other people in the industry and figure out how to collaborate has just been my primary mission, especially for the past two years. And it's part of the reason why I'm really happy to be uh, chatting with you guys. Cool, man. Yeah, dude, we, we love doing the show together. It's a great opportunity for us to uh, come together and uh, and chat with with cool interesting people um maybe you want to take us back a little bit uh i'd love to hear a little bit about your experience i guess how you got into design uh or kind of what your path has looked like so far okay um so i have um basically it's 
curiously called environmental design degree from um, Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. I, I grew up in Ohio, so um, I ended up going to Miami, and it's essentially their undergrad in architecture. And um, <clears throat> I didn't um, go on to, I didn't want to do my master's, I think partly because I didn't really know if I wanted to be an architect, but um, basically started out in that industry and worked with a lot of really cool commercial firms in Chicago. And uh, that's where I sort of, I guess, cut my teeth, but not really architecturally. I, I, I worked with a lot of really nice uh, offices that did everything from like, you know, large retail projects, um, crate and barrels, things like that, to, um, you know, high rise buildings that had, you know, retail and then an office and a residential component. So I really got sort of immersed in, in that kind of stuff right away and then went to a corporate interiors firm. And, um, and then to a small residential architecture firm. So really early early on, I, I got a chance to sort of feel um, what it was like to work in a variety of different offices. Um, and then after that, we, we sort of picked up and moved to, to Colorado because um, the in the in the nineties there was you know another financial boom and people were losing their jobs and things weren't that um, reliable. So you know what kids typically do I'm calling myself a kid back then but we basically picked up with no money a free place to stay in Boulder and just kind of started over and I quickly kind of found myself back in the same spot that I was in Chicago sort of architecture working on cool projects and being around cool smart people but I always sort of felt like a fish out of water because I was interested in so many other aspects of design and not just the sort of typical path that an architect would take so um, to kind of fast forward um, I, I ended up finding out about this firm in Boulder called Communication Art that um, was uh, started by these two partners that worked for the the Charles and Ray Eames office um, in the 50s. Yes, they, they sort of brought that idea of multidisciplinary <clears throat> design under one roof. So graphics people, peers people, um, uh, just people with great industrial designers, you know, the, the whole gamut, and everyone sort of lived under one roof. And um, their primary... Um, clientele was also retail and sort of the early sort of, you know, version of experience design. And um, somehow I pulled together a decent enough portfolio to convince them to let me work there. So that's, that's how I sort of got transported into this different kind of world. And it felt really good because um, there was so much happening and I was like a kid in a candy shop. I mean, you know, I could be a graphic designer one day. I could be, you know, just a brainstormer another day. I could build sample boards one day. I could be an architect one day. But um, it wasn't until I left and went out and got experience as a graphic designer and an environmental graphic designer and science designer um, I, I basically realized that I needed to go out and get more experience um, in order to become sort of what I am, what I'm doing today. So I, I left that firm and basically worked for some of the best offices in the country that did um, merge graphics and signage with architecture. So I was on both coasts um, working with two different firms. Um, 
that did that kind of work and then circled back to, to communication arts and finally said, okay, I have this real skill set to, to do this kind of work. So that's sort of the short answer. Yeah, man. Um, and that was like a sip from a fire hose, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it just, um, it just sort of, it worked out and yeah. I, I'm completely self-taught when it comes to graphic design yeah. and signage design and that kind of work. Totally, man. Yeah. I can, uh, we I love can the self-taught yeah, ideal. It's really where sure. I came from with design too. It's, it's not my main focus um, these days, but that's, that's kind of the path I took it to as far as like learning how to design. Um, perhaps Vince, this is an, an opportunity to talk about our topic. Um, we dug a little into the story. I think the, kind of the story yeah <laughs> yeah it, it illustrated our topic at hand really you know, well th- i feel like this time uh i know in the past uh, especially maybe in the last couple episodes i i liked to take the the ball and put it on the proverbial tee for you <laughs> if you'll recall uh, but i feel like eric did it this time i feel like he grabbed that ball he walked over to the tee set it on there and was like hey boys hit it off won't you I was really worried that we wouldn't get a T-ball spring Thank to this God. episode, but my fears have been assuaged. Uh, yeah, when you talked about the road you took to where you are today, Derek, uh, it was a winding road and one that passed through the intersections of many <laughs> different skills and interests. I and- said <laughs> Thank you. I uh, do this as a, as a... It's not a... We, we do it every week, so be okay at segways uh exactly at any rate uh but now it's been derailed thanks for nothing mr friday uh no you you illustrated it perfectly you have a lot of different skill sets that combine or intersect to bring you where you are today and that's what we're talking about today we're talking about intersections uh not only of skill sets though that of course is a is a big driver of the conversation but also of interests yeah and influences and motivations and how different, uh, sometimes strange combinations can lead to really interesting opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Well said. No doubt. So I hope, there, I hope there's a question that's going to No, no, there, there certainly is. There certainly is. <laughs> Probably a few. Um, cool. So at this point, you've been into, let's say, graphic design. How, how long have you been focused on that in any form? Yeah, I mean, I think um, pretty consistently for the past 10 years, I'd say I'm doing um, like integrated graphic design within the built environment. So that's, you know, environmental graphic design, let's call it. And then also signage and wayfinding, um, not not complex stuff like a airport or a hospital or a university or something like that, but just signage that you know kind of is immersively part of the environment or you know really connected to the to the brand so most of the time the projects kind of involve um all all those things i I don't do um exclusively like print design or or identity design but i i end up doing a lot of that within like larger projects but i certainly go after that kind of work um on smaller scales just because it's a nice um, alternative to these like huge retail projects yeah. that I and it's uh, it's, it's sexy stuff usually like you're talking about the beer brand like that's kind of just like a dream, yeah. a dream project right in some ways yeah exactly like I just did some beer menus for for their brewery and it's it was just like the greatest thing but it was so simple but I was just it was so nice to you know zero in on minutia of a small little project and I 
I'm sure you guys do the same thing, but regardless of whether it's big or small, large pain or not, not pain at all, we do our best, you know, uh, 1000% as designers to, to come up with a great solution and make, you know, make the people that we're working with or working for happy. And, you know, that's just, uh, it's sort of that Jiro dreams of sushi kind of, um, you know, methodology. Ooh, one of my fave docs. Phenomenal. Getting a mention. I love when that happens. We'll show notes that baby. <laughs> Uh, so you have by necessity learned a lot of different, uh, crafts, so to speak. Uh, what things have remained constantly true in all of graphic design, experiential design, architecture, et cetera, et cetera. Oh man, I don't know if I understand that question. Can you can you paraphrase? What's the common ground? Yeah, like probably something about like mentality or approach, like maybe like underlying philosophies. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, I think it's all um, about storytelling, or you know, properly, you know, kind of inappropriately communicating the message of the brand or the intent. It seems you know pretty pretty consistently similar across a lot of the work that I do, but, you know, to the point where I want to keep learning and keep evolving and not stagnate and trying to implement, you know, new best practices and things that help me make better decisions. I don't know if I completely answered your question, but... Perhaps um, not. I, I will say, okay. I, I'm really there were answer-like elements in there. Yeah, there were some answer elements. We'll, hey, we'll throw them together in post. We'll cut it all together. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But okay, I'm, I'm curious about something really specific. Um, okay. I, I did a lot of, uh, oh, not a lot, but I, I started kind of going down the identity design path a little bit. Um, Vince, I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. like that Royal, Royal Dodo work. You remember that? I, I do, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, but um, I... I'm really curious how you approach an identity design project. Like what does your process look like? Like, and feel free to like get into the minutia. I just feel like that process is such an interesting one and it's so critical to like an actual brand being real, being a thing, especially in an era of startups of, of, uh, you know, ideas and people, people really wanting to produce their ideas. I feel like this is valuable uh, like just hearing you, hearing how you would approach an identity project, even just for someone to engage with a designer, you know, because a lot of people have to interface with designers now. So important. So I, I'm just curious how you approach an identity project. Okay. Well, I'll just tell you, and I don't know if this is like the right answer, or if this is the way everyone else does it, but this is the way I, yeah, this yeah. is the way I do it. I mean, first of all, I think just by nature, I'm a really strong self promoter, and I, you know, over the years of being in Boulder and, and working. And, you know, on both coast and internationally, I have a kind of a big network of people that that know. It's not that I'm overwhelmed with work because I'm not, but I, I I get a lot of cool opportunities, and um, but I treat them all you know the same, whether they're some small startup here in Boulder or something you know bigger. But basically, you know, for sure, I just like either have a face to face or you know a really nice conversation with the person that's envisioning this brand or starting this company and just really get their sort of brain dump on what they think they're looking for or what their, you know, what their product or, or brand is all about. Um, so, and I take a lot of notes. I mean, I, I, I really put, put little boxes next to each comment and check them all off just to make sure that I, you know, address everything that we've, we've talked about. When you're designing. And then, like, 
Like you'll you'll put checkboxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Exactly. Just to make sure that I've sort of covered every base. And, you know, just to jump ahead quickly, I mean, I'll always give a client, you know, I say I'll give, you know, five to seven ideas. I end up giving, you know, 20 ideas, but basically, you know, they're iterations of, of two ideas that just sort of, you end up with a lot. And then I also do, you know, what they want as well. But uh, I would for sure do some sort of that gives them some visual examples of sort of what I'm thinking would work or resonate well with their brand and get sort of a visual buy-off from them before I even start mm -hmm. doing anything. And then, um, and then I would just start doing like rounds of, uh, of concepts and um, I crank them out pretty quickly and I try to keep the process moving really quickly and I don't like it when things linger. Yeah. Um, so I put, uh, I put ideas in front of them, a dialogue, um, with them, you know, pretty quickly and just describe what, um, what the idea is about and why it connects with what we, we spoke of and, and things like that. So that's, that's sort of the way I do it, but I also, you know, want to clarify that I don't really consider myself, you know, a strong identity sure. um, designer. I mean, it's not my specialty, but I really enjoy doing it. And yeah. for a lot of the resale projects that I work on, um, and there's usually a rebranding after where we we need to develop a new identity. And yeah. I mean, they're they're not looking for world class. Um, you know, award-winning identity work in those cases. Um, but I still treat it seriously. And then, I, like I said, I really enjoy doing local, you know, local projects to where I get a chance to do identity I, stuff. So I, it's... Either way, I feel like there's some, like, some important things to be taken from that. Strangely, I feel like uh, an intersection that you talked about there is, is a really important one where you're putting ideas in front of them. I feel like a lot of um, creatives, especially young creatives... Uh, will sometimes not engage in quickly. And, you know, we talk about like a draft of something on the show. We've talked about this a lot. It's like a point of gravity. It gives us something to relate to. And so putting a draft in front of someone like gives them something to react to, gives you some forward momentum, at least in some direction. And so I feel like uh, the idea of getting a round of work quickly in front of someone it like it very quickly gets to an intersection with them and then you get to decide a direction from there whereas a lot of people will uh, a lot of times out of fear will just run parallel with with a client or with a collaborator instead of engaging them i feel like getting a, an intersection right away is really important or at least really helpful in a lot of creative projects yeah absolutely and i'm the kind of person that um i need buy off and i need um a, a good solid conversation with with the clients or the people that I'm working with sooner than later, so that I don't go down that that bad road. Because I've learned from my mistakes a lot. Um, I mean, I've always sort of inherently wanted to share as much of the work that I do up front and quickly, um, just because. Uh, I I mean I, I I'm not going to say that I'm not confident, but. I really prefer to, like I said earlier, have that sort of collaborative experience and really get the people that I'm working with involved in the, in the process. And you can probably tell just by looking at some of the work that I sent you um, that my stuff is varied. I mean, there's probably some consistency across it, but there's also a lot of uh, 
varied styles because I'm just listening to the client. I'm happy to give them what they want versus what, you know, what I want. <laughs> I feel like there's some wisdom that's why, that's why I'm, that too. You know what I mean? Like knowing the type of designer you are. And it sounds like you're, you can be a conduit. Uh, whereas some people are so specific. Um, I think that's like a cool, that's a cool intersection too. I think it's just helped me get, along the way on my own. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, again, back to this sort of collaborative um, idea, I, I, I've always preferred working with others, but I, I will work on my own happily. And I just, I think I just work a lot harder to, 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 to be satisfied with the work that I'm doing on my own because I'm always questioning it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm sort of becoming more at peace with, with what I'm producing because I'm, I know I'm doing the best that I, that I can at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's another interesting way to talk about intersections, right? There are intersections uh, in the path of our personal journeys through art and craft. Uh, intersections can often be milestones or forks in the road, pivotal, little, pivotal, <laughs> it's a hard word to say, um, <laughs> moments in you know, in, in our art and craft journeys. Can you talk maybe more specifically about some of those junctions, crossroads, and intersections in your personal journey? I know you've mentioned them. You ran through sort of a, a histography of your own career, but uh, maybe what it was like at some of those moments to choose. Um. I think I'm. I think I'm confused again. Sorry. Can you? Can you... No, I, I think he's just looking for for yeah any like intersection points in your creative journey in your career. Uh, I mean, like for example, like how long have you been freelance? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so so basically, um, I've been working on my own, you know, consistently for about five or six years now, um, and that did sort of. Um, meet a sort of pivotal point in my career because uh, Comarts was basically at the point where they maybe had to shut their doors or be bought out by another company because of the, the last um, crisis. So um, I did have a big junction and um, sort of leaping away from, you know, something secure and going off on my own. Unfortunately, just because I built relationships over these past years, I had one sort of savior, and that was uh, the design director of this agency that our development group that I worked with in Germany. That sort of gave me this opportunity to 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 take that leap. Um, it gave me a little bit of a, a cushion because he knew that um, I was able to provide this kind of you know environment graphic design work for for retail projects and. Uh, he trusted me and the relationship that we had built enabled me to kind of take that step to, to go off on my own. But it was difficult because I had been working pretty diligently with, uh, with two other guys that were really close personal friends and running training partners and they stayed on um, when I left. So I was put in a position where I sort of had to produce the kind of work that the three of us were doing, but now on my own. I mean, that's the kind of pressure that I put on myself because, um, again, back to this collaboration, I was doing such good work with two other, you know, really smart people. And all of a sudden I was put in a position to, to produce on my own. So, um, that was a big, um, a big intersection for me. And, um, 
pushing myself to, to be confident with my work and my experience and, um, you know, be able to, to do the kind of work that I needed to do and um, continue to make this client happy. I mean, that's a, I, that's exactly what I was looking for. Uh, these important moments that end up deciding how the rest of our journey plays out. I mean, it's, it's, you don't want to be too clandestine about it and, and make every, you know, decision into something monumental. But a lot of times they, they often have, you know, rippling effects on, on the rest of our paths. And it's interesting to look at them in retrospect and, and see how it might have gone one way or another. Uh, uh, an idea we often invoke because of uh, Grant's coining of the phrase uh, is not to be the best at something, but to be the best combination of some things. Uh, I, I paraphrase that and maybe butchered it a little bit, but uh, in what way do you think your particular mix of expertises, uh, Derek, uh, leads you to be the best combination of something if it does? Well, I think that's just sort of come over time. Um, and I think that um, I've really uh, learned how to uh, visually communicate ideas to, to clients r really well at this point. Um, it's definitely one of my strengths. And I can also articulate the idea. So um, it's just something that I've had to, had to, to work on. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's just... Um, well, I like, think it's just come with time and experience and pressure, um, and, uh, and, and passion, um, and my real desire to, uh, to continue to learn and to, to, uh, to do great work. I, I, every single opportunity I get to work on something, I say, this is going to be better than the last project. And I've really, um, sort of held that, um, methodology, methodology sacred for this past two years and when you do something or you start to believe in something for a really long time it, it you know it comes true basically and, and i think that's sort of where i've uh where i've landed now cool i mean that's a that's a strong uh, that's a strong guiding light i think um you know it's it's easy to get uh caught up in in just kind of going through the motions and putting out work but i feel like when you have the mentality that you're going to level up on every project i think that just like naturally progresses you it really just starts to become internalized it's less less of even a conscious thing i feel like right you're just like yeah pushing. yeah i mean just give it i mean at least give it your best shot and um also sort of along with that um you know basically i i I definitely had hopes that after I left um, ComArts and, and sort of started my own agency that um, uh, that I would have one, if not two, partners. I always sort of dreamed of having this, you know, little two or three-man office that uh, really capitalized on all the experience and, um, you know, contacts and, and, and uh, past work experiences that I'd had to, to, to build something great. And unfortunately, that didn't that didn't work out, and um, so I really had to say, okay, I'm I'm pushing ahead with this on my own. And once I made that decision mentally, uh, paired with you know pretty serious um, training for, for for racing and things that I do, that um, my mind just sort of shifted, and I became this really sort of empowered, self reliant. Um, sort of individual that um, 
that I never really thought I had in me, but I had to sort of climb out of that valley when I was so disappointed about you know, not having this, this small little office situation that um, it wasn't until I, you know, had that negative experience that I was able to sort of, you know, figure out, okay, well, this is what I'm doing. This is the way I'm going to forge ahead. I know I can do this on my own, but every chance I get to, to collaborate and work on projects with other people, meet other people, you know, do speaking engagements, go to talks, just keep learning has just really, um, really empowered me. So, and I've got this sort of vibe under my belt now for, for a couple solid years. So I'm, I'm feeling really good about um, sort of where I, where I am, even though I don't, you know, prefer to, you know, like I said, to, to, to be alone or to work alone um, creatively. Uh, I mean, I do sometimes, but um, so I, I really feel like I'm sort of like, I'm starting to hit my stride and, and it's part of the reason why I want to share um, Love it, man. What I'm, do, what I'm doing. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I'm happy to hear that. Yes. Sure. Thank you for being Thanks generous. For yeah. Got to be generous. No, you guys are generous. Um, so, Vinny, we're talking about intersections. Super interesting stuff. Uh, I was thinking perhaps I could uh, take a left turn and, uh, Ooh. and head, head, like down, head down a different road for a second. Uh, a little Uh-oh. OTT. A little OTT I want to talk about is... And we can kind of mold this, but I'm thinking maybe self-driving cars. <laughs> oh, oh my! Here, here's, okay, here's okay, from, interesting. Here, 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 let, let me let me tee this up. Uh, I'm I'm currently in LA. I don't have a car, um, and I've been doing a lot of Uber, a lot of Uber Pool uh, for anything I you know need to get to. And it's been a real treat, honestly. Like, <laughs> it's kind of special to like get in a car with three strangers and be driving around and man i gotta say especially this week uh you know the election stuff i i caught some really interesting characters but one character was let's see selma Selma hayek's cousin daniel and he daniel uh, hayek daniel hayek yeah yeah you could find him i believe his his instagram is the the underscore blackest underscore sheep and he was going off about why we need to be in the streets protesting and like was just like painting a really morbid picture uh, of America. I mean, rightfully so, probably. But uh, he was just like going insane. Uh, and the two women I was riding with were just like, they looked so petrified. But it was, it was pretty fun. A- anyway, that, that just kind of got me thinking more about, you know, the sharing economy and then and then the self-driving car situation. I, I was talking with another Uber driver about that technology a little bit today. And so I'm curious, uh, where do you think we're at with that? Do you know <laughs> what's happening? Are they... <laughs> Are they driving? Well, it's interesting, and I, I'm interested to get uh, Mr. Friday's thoughts as well. But it's it's strangely, and I I aim to not bring up the political situation for a whole litany of reasons. But yeah, yeah, I think I think automation is one of the scariest prospects for disenfranchisement in our in our country. And it's we're already feeling the effects of it with the with the manufacturing industry. Can you what happens when a fleet of you know more than a million and a half truck drivers are out of work in fifteen years, Grant? When all the trucks are self driving? Right. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking about uh, a little bit, just with how many jobs that has created, or maybe not created, but at least you know there are a lot of people driving Ubers and driving Lyfts, and it's like. Yeah, I'm not sure, man. Uh, and I know that's not the biggest driving industry, but yeah, truck trucks. I mean, and that I mean that technology seems like it's moving uh, even quicker than I, I think any sort of like passenger based 
uh, like I, I think the the truck and like that transport industry, and especially because <clears throat> it's like highway based, uh, more more so at least. Seems like that's a, that would probably be a, a quicker advancement. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's. I uh, mean, it's it's got a lot of cool implications. Fewer accidents, more efficiency. Yeah, yeah. We're we're closer and closer to a to a, a minority report style super track highway, yeah, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there are going to be growing pains, extreme, for extreme sure, growing, sure pains. growing pains. There's some like weird um, stigma around it. I mean, well, yeah, I definitely understand some of it, but like people freaking out about like the one one death, even though it's like, which I understand, you know, the wh- where that comes from. But then it's like it's long term way way safer. I mean, I think. Oh, uh, well, I mean, Garrett? yeah, give for us, sure. Right, give us some of that sweet, sweet Friday <laughs> knowledge. Oh man, well. I don't know how much I can offer to this, but uh, well, first of all, so you you were actually in a self-driving car in Los Angeles? No, no, already... I wasn't. I, wasn't. I, was okay. just, I was just having some Uber adventures, and then it got me thinking, okay. thinking about self-driving cars. Well, um, I mean, the only thing, a couple things that I can offer is, number one, um, I know that, like, by 2020, I mean, this is, like, one of the primary initiatives of CDOT, Colorado Department of Transportation, to way whatever or integrate whatever infrastructure they need to, to integrate to, to make self-driving vehicles a, a reality so that that says a lot to me um and i i'm okay with it on like a mass transit sort of um initiative like you know trains into the mountains or things like that but i really hope that the uh the trucking fleet doesn't go that way because um hauling all that uh cargo and you know the chemicals and whatever else i could see a lot of scary stuff happening but also the kids situation is kind of cool because i mean like i know my little girl has no interest in driving ever she's 12 and um i like the idea of having her in a car with kids that you know is is basically being computer um navigated uh, you know once they get past all the the difficulties of um technology and everything else but um i think it's going to be a while before it's you know fully fully part of our culture and society but um yeah i mean you know when spielberg did minority report he hired all those futurists to uh to come up with things that we knew were going to be part of our society eventually and if you if you look back at that film and you see a lot of things that they um, created and, and, and realized in, in motion pictures, it's, you know, you can start checking them off the list pretty quickly. So I'm excited about it, but I'm also, uh, I don't know, indifferent. But here's what I will say, and this has been talked about on the show before, but I will definitely feel safer in a world where Vince is never behind the wheel again. <laughs> come on. Hey, why do I got to take it? I haven't even driven in five years, man. You got to come at me with this with this slam so, for no uh, reason. Can, I'm a terrible driver. If Casey. Yeah, well, I actually heard that on another one of your shows, and I was thinking that we're similar because nice. I'm a terrible driver. Nice. So I'm trying to get that information I, out, so I'm glad that it uh, it landed. Oh, baby. Sorry, Van, you know no I No one's got to worry about it, though. You know, I don't drop. Yeah, okay. I just got to get jabbed, yeah, man. Sometimes I feel inadequate, uh, you know, hosting a show with you. You're just you a real intelligent guy, and I just got to take the shots where I can get them. 
All right, you you won me back over. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, hey, the, <laughs> it was the first OTT I think I've proposed in a while, and it was okay. I don't know. I kept it a little serious. Maybe I would I, say it went, went well. Went pretty was well. It good? Okay. It's a it's an interesting Fun technological great. topic. It's at the forefront of a lot okay. of uh, okay. holistic conversations in our okay. country. It was. I thought it was great. So proud of me. Thanks, man. Yeah, you did us good. Nice job. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, well, perhaps we can uh, segue back into the the other traffic. Uh, get on that honor did, ramp. And, uh, I did the last honor, honor. Do you want to do this honor, Grant? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, uh, we have a couple questions for you, Mr. Friday. Uh, Please. Um, the first question is uh, if you could leave our listeners with one thing uh, from your time on the show as we're talking about intersections. Wait, that's the second question, Grant. Oh, damn it. Okay, this is usually your part. Oh, I, I give over the keys to the car. <laughs> and I crash, dude. I go crash. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> you know what would be sweet? And maybe this is something we could look into. Would be like automated host uh, for the podcast. So it's there like a self-driving podcast where it, it has our voice recognition and just little snippets. And it comes up with the cleverest thing. And it, it'll just say it back to them. And then we get that final episode in our inbox. Yeah, I think the show would be much better if we didn't host it. <laughs> okay, Ben, you know what? Here, let me let me get out of the driver's seat. You go, you go for it. Uh, yeah, uh, first things first, Friday, uh, thanks for joining us. And as a, you're welcome, could you give our listeners uh, sort of ways they might be able to support you as an artist? Yeah, thank you. Um, well, I... I'm embarrassed to say that I don't officially have an active website at the moment, and I've been primarily using Instagram and my Elo account as a vehicle to not only showcase some of my work or some of my projects or where I'm currently located on the globe, but also sharing and communicating um, and supporting ideas of others. And I think that... um, Instagram is obviously, you know, doing that really well. And uh, some friends of mine here locally in Boulder, um, or two of the co-founders of, of LO.co. Um, so uh, Todd Berger and Lucian Four, along with uh, Budnitz, um have gotten the LO community really uh, jamming, and I'm yeah. really happy about that. Um, we, we, reference, uh, we reference with Debt to Stock. I, I, I forward a lot of the LO emails I get. I'm just. I mm-hmm. think they're doing a really great job uh, engaging with creators and highlighting creators and just like keeping some really interesting content up. Like I've been super impressed with the work they've been been doing. Yeah, they're doing a great job, and I really feel I like I feel at home there. If you know what I mean. Um, and I and you know Instagram is a lot more ma- uh, mainstream, but I, I just still really appreciate the the format. I'm having a lot of fun with it. So. Um, I'm on Allo and I'm on Instagram. Um, so I don't know if you want me to give you the, the URLs. But, uh, you know what? We'll that. put them in the show notes. No need to do the dirty work right here, right yeah. now. That's what the show notes are for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll be our first Allo show notes. I think that's nice. It's good. Yeah, they deserve it for sure. Shouts out. Um, well, cool. hey, slam dunk with the first answer. Now let's see if you can follow up that performance with an encore. Okay. Derek Friday, uh, keeping in mind the idea, the concept of intersections, uh, be it talent, passion, career-wise, if you would want our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the program, what would you want that to be? Okay. Um, 
Well, I did think about this a little bit, and it's um, a really honest answer. And I'd say for me, um, and and what I like to sort of practice and communicate to others is, you know, don't set limits. Um, keep learning, keep increasing your skill sets, keep nurturing relationships that you have, um, and sort of. I like to take the attitude of who knows what could happen. I mean, maybe this time next year, the three of us are working on some project together or collaborating on some cool idea or see each other at a conference or, or whatever. So I'm really excited about all those kind of what if possibilities um, and, uh, and just learning as much as you can. Another thing is always have a passion project or two to keep, um, keep your mind happy and not stagnated because of you know just the grind of a, of a project that you're you know kind of getting to the tail end of and and you know just hoping to god that it's almost over and that sort of thing so um yeah i mean i think that's i think that's kind of what's gotten me through and and keeping me moving forward this past uh, couple years and i'm feeling pretty good about it love it man that's phenomenal advice i i, I just like that sort of attitude just in it creates such an inevitable momentum i feel like um forward and and i think it really kind of not insulates in some ways it insulates you against the things that that have the potential to derail you or to knock you down because i feel like when you've got that that positive attitude and you're you've got the work ethic and the 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 learners beginners curiosity in mind i it's just like it's just it's hard to get derailed because you just you just have so much energy moving uh, forward, and so I, I feel like that's just really really good advice. Thanks. Shouts well, out. Shout, yeah, shouts out. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, you've you've been everything you know, I personally hoped for. You've been insightful. It's an interesting line of work that you've wound up in, and you've made a name for yourself in it. And uh, it's an intersection that you don't often see and that I was really curious to learn more about. And so thank you. Thank you for your insight and your knowledge and for doing the great work that you do. Well, you guys, seriously, I, I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate um, you, including me, in this fine list of, of uh, people people that you've interviewed. And, and um, I really enjoyed um, listening to a lot of back episodes and, and kind of hearing the interaction between the two of you. I think, I think it's hysterical. And um, I'm psyched you guys that you so well together with this and just keep going and I, yeah, I to see you yeah, uh, oh, man, you can't the, see me right now but love. I'm blushing I'm blushing truly <laughs> awesome wait Vince I, uh, I, I don't well, think man, I don't think I should, should sign you. us off I, I think please you you take the experience you already know you know the way to do it man You just take it away Eric Friday ship it